Here's the situation. The American Film Institute puts you, T.J. Jagodowski, on a panel where you have to pick the most likable and least likable villains in film history. Who do you nominate? I know. I know. I'm T.J. Jagodowski. I'm Rush Howell. This is Here's the Situation, a real podcast about hypothetical situations. And this week's theme is wine and cheats. Uh, wine with an H, uh, right after the W, in case yes. you're wondering. Cheats and, also with an H. Yeah, right, right after. Yeah. Same spot, same second slot for both of them. Um, and that's the theme. So, so it's like wine and cheese, but neither of those two words. Wine <laughs> and cheats. Yeah. Yep. All right, wine and, okay. Um, so we'll be getting to that first one in just a little bit. And as always, Rush, um, I never have, I have never heard before the scenarios that you'll present me with, and you haven't heard anything that I will be presenting to you ever before. That is correct. All right. And as we sometimes do, uh, we are both, I think, going to use one from a listener Yes. Uh, this week. And I, I want to say up top this, this week that um, you can email us at here's the situation podcast, all one word at uh, gmail.com, mm-hmm. and uh, if we get up to uh, 250 five-star reviews, we'll do a bonus episode just of uh, listener submissions. I always say reader submissions. I mean listener submissions, and um, we have been really inundated with a lot of good ones lately. We can't get to all of them, but we are going to include a few in in most of the episodes, you know, or some of the episodes going forward. They don't always have to be on the theme. <laughs> And and certainly do this if you if you happen to be in the second half of the alphabet by by last name <laughs> alphabetically because uh, it seems like there's a lot of people A through M and not a lot of people N through Z. Rush gets the first half of the alphabet, I get the second. And I would say so far, eighty to eighty five percent of the people who have written have been in the first half right. of the alphabet. That's that's not <laughs> untrue. All right, you ready to go this week, Rush? Let's do it. Here's the situation. I'm going to give you a few scenarios, Rush, in which a good amount of people would consider you a cheat in your field, and I'd like to know if you'd accept any of the situations regardless. Okay. Okay. First situation, Rush. You end up being the third leading scorer in NBA history, two world, uh, two championships, and a finals MVP, but post-career, it comes out that you were a point shaver in college. Okay. Would you accept that if that was your... That was your lot in life. Yes, no problem. You would, no problem. Yeah, no problem at all. Honest to goodness. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, there's no allegations that I did anything wrong while I was a pro, right? Correct. Okay, so, uh, you know, look, it's a taint on my legacy, no question. It's a serious offense, but at the same time, college kids make mistakes, and I'm assuming, you know, as part of this backstory... Um, I probably needed the cash for some reason, and most I think most college point shaving, including the UNLV running Rebels, who I am convinced were point shaving, and that's why they lost to the Duke Blue Devils. Mm-hmm. Um, I think most point shaving is done by teams that aren't, you know, they don't try to lose; they're just big favorites who go a little easy and and do that. So it's it's reprehensible, terrible conduct. But if if I get to be have this unbelievably great NBA career and there's this tarnish on it that as a 19-year-old I did something really stupid, I, I can live with that. I think it would be I think people would would get around that. Okay. I don't want to belabor this too much because we have a couple to get through. Uh what if by chance also it also came up in your rookie year NBA, you were just twenty years old, but now you're in the uh, in the association. That's way harder for me okay. because I don't have the justification 
that I'm probably going to fall back on, which is like, hey, there's all this stuff about should college athletes be paid? It's not fair that they're not. Now I've signed this lucrative rookie contract. Now I'm, you know, it's, again, I, I guess maybe with my upbringing and everything, I couldn't I couldn't claim whatever hardship. Um, so I'm kind of thinking about like a neutral person. Like if, if you told me that uh, I was like a likable Kobe Bryant, like a guy that I liked that was Kobe, I, I can't stand Kobe Bryant. But if it turned out that, you know, I don't know, Robert Durant, Tim Duncan. Okay. Okay. So I liked Tim Duncan. Um, don't love Tim Duncan. But if it came out that he point shaved at Wake Forest, I could I could get over it. Okay. If it came out that he point shaved throughout his NBA career, I couldn't. Okay. All right. Uh, how about this, Rush? You are the greatest actor of your generation. Yep. I.e. Olivier Meryl Streep. Um, you have multiple Oscar wins. It's revealed late in your career that in many of your best scenes and one of your best movies in almost its entirety, your face and voice were computerized. And what we are seeing on screen is not actually you, but a computer-generated simulation of you and your voice. There it would depend on how often and why. Because, I, I look, there, there could be scenarios where they need to do reshoots you're not available it's not a meaningful part of the scene or whatever but if it was like but let's say it was 90 percent of one of your of yeah, one of no, your films then th- no then i don't want that th- i mean that person i have no respect for okay right especially if they you, you know in this parallel universe i'm like a super attractive guy mm-hmm. and you they're bad just, looking buddy they're you just, ain't bad yeah, looking they're just using me to you know, sell tickets, but I'm I'm a fraud, mm-hmm. and my career is really a fraud. Um, it's hard for me to, and I I don't want to fight the hypo. I try to never do that, but it it's it's a little hard for me to see how I could have gotten like a couple of Oscars and everything, unless this was like a prevalent fraud that I committed throughout my acting career, and I just wasn't a good actor. So I, I think no, I pass on that. Okay, how about um, you're in Macau. Uh, and you go on the greatest crap run of all time. And uh, we mean the gambling game craps and not just you absolutely destroying bathrooms all over Macau. <laughs> right. um, Which one did you choose if you have the, the option? <laughs> you win $4.1 million. Love it. And after coming home, it's learned that you worked in fixed dice. For whatever reason, the casino allows you to keep the cash, but it's international news that the dice you used were doctored. <laughs> Wow. I mean, that is fascinating. I mean, I think I'm going to keep the $4.1 million. Okay. Like, I mean, I would never, ever, ever, I mean, ever, ever to do keep that. Anyway, but would you accept that it scenario? Certainly wouldn't be mine. I, I don't think in a normal scenario, I would never be able to keep that 4.1. Oh, no. Spend but the rest in, of my life in a Chinese prison. In the hypo, you can't go back to Macau, but they're like, we're not going to chase this guy down. We didn't catch it as it was going on. We caught a post for whatever reason. They say, like, keep your damn money, but it's in the London Times, the, you know, the <sighs> New York Times, the LA Times, the the Le Monde, uh, that you yeah. cheated a casino with, with Dr. Dice. Yeah, I mean it's it's way worse than like what Phil Ivey did, mm-hmm. where he'd like set up the casino and did like edge reading and all that stuff. Yeah, but he like around. he basically told them what he was going to do, yep. and, and then they asked like, them to make certain concessions, and yeah. they agreed to it. And yep. then he and then he hoodwinked them. Yeah. So I don't know, man. I I just I I, I don't know. I, I like Ocean's Eleven so much mm-hmm. and Ocean's Thirteen. <laughs> Those are movies I really enjoy. And then I I guess I just have this mentality where I'm like I don't feel that bad 
about the casino taking a $4 million right. hit. But you're a cheat. Your run was not a lucky, great run. Well, it I don't, was a cheat. I'm not worried about I, Like, you have more of a... Moral compass? Uh, no. <laughs> yeah, well, that may be true. <laughs> but you, you have more of a concern about this concept of, like, a great gambling story. Like, I wouldn't care that I lost the great gambling story. I mean, this is $4.1 million that I got out of there with. I mean, I don't know, man. I, I guess I would say... Uh, I mean, I think it's terrible that I did that, and I would never do it because you could never get away with it. So I guess I would say no, but I, I don't know, man. I'm just I'm trying to be like real about it and mm-hmm. give you my gut instinct. And my gut instinct was, wait, I got away with the four point one, and it's mm-hmm. from a casino, and all I did was bring in like my own dice. Uh, and and do I care that the public thinks I'm a cheater? I mean, I think I would have more trouble living with myself than I would with the public. So maybe. You know, maybe I would be like, no, it's not okay that I did that unless like that casino owner had like <laughs> Andy Garcia you at some Andy Garcia me. So I guess no. I guess you know. I guess I'm gonna say no. All right, last one, pal. You are an international philanthropist yes. who has built hundreds of schools in destitute areas okay. around the globe. Love it. You've won numerous humanitarian awards and were Times Person of the Year. Yes. But it becomes popular knowledge that you ruined your first two marriages through infidelity and have failed to support three children from your previous marriages. Okay. So I call this the Lance Armstrong problem. All right. And because I, I always think about Lance Armstrong may be my least favorite athlete of all time mm-hmm. because it drove me bananas that people would argue to me that Lance Armstrong wasn't cheating when he was in a sport where everyone was cheating. Yep. Okay. And then we're, I'm supposed to believe that only the best guy was not cheating when everyone was the cheating. The one who's better than all That's of them. That's absurd. Mm-hmm. But you can make an argument, and a lot of people have, that, hey, it's not that bad what he did because everybody else was cheating. And I, I, I don't know whether where exactly I land on that, although I guess I would say I, I still, I, it's still not okay to me, but it's, it's, I mean, I, I'm, I I shouldn't say, I guess I would say it's not okay to me, right? but that is not an absurd argument. However, what makes Lance Armstrong so bad is he was a liar, a aggressive liar, and he ruined people's lives. Yep. That's my understanding of the situation. My problem with Ryan Braun trying to throw the delivery guy under the bus. Ryan Braun, Roger Clemens, Mm -hmm. again and again and again, these guys don't take responsibility and the cover-up is worse than the crime, in my view. What separates Lance Armstrong is, along the way, the guy did about as much for cancer as any human being. Lived strong and... Hundreds of millions of Mm -hmm. dollars were raised for cancer uh, research from Lance Armstrong. So in the end, is the fact that he's a terrible person outweighed or not by the fact that he um, did all this great thing for society? And for, obviously, from a utilitarian perspective, it was good that we had Lance Armstrong because the bike races don't matter as much as cancer prevention. Yep. All that being said, and I'm sorry about the sidetrack, <laughs> absolutely not. No, no chance in the world would I do that because I couldn't live with myself yep. for not supporting my three children just alone. That That is so far beyond the pay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be riddled with guilt for the entirety of my life and everything I've done to try to like get back to it. I mean, point shaving in basketball, you, you know, you're hurting gamblers, right? right. $4.1 million in Macau, even though I said I wouldn't do that one. We're talking about like hitting up a casino that's making millions and millions and millions. Yep. 
This one, I'm ruining the lives of those that I love that are closest to me. Absolutely not. Won't do it. Okay. Even though you're improving the lives of thousands of other children. Yeah. And again, if it was somebody else, I I might be more likely to take the utilitarian calculation. But for for me, I I don't I, I choose not to have that life. I hear you. All right. Nice work. Now, almost any of the other things, would I would I hit the Macau Casino with Phil Ivey type stuff if I if it might I give twenty five million to a children's hospital? Sure. <laughs> okay, but I'm not going to ruin the lives of, of my children. It's a pretty fascinating story. If anyone else, if uh, I think I heard it on maybe a, a podcast, a thirty for thirty, I think about Phil Ivey, and I don't I don't remember the the woman's name who was his partner, but it's a fascinating story if you ever want to look it up. I highly yep. recommend. It's a it was a, a baccarat a baccarat deal that was it's really intriguing. Were your answers the exact opposite of mine on that? Um, I don't know if I could do any of them. the the one that The one that like most troubles me is the last one. Um, it's it's the most un un of anything I would do. I despise infidelity. It, it's it truly the like sometimes the thought of it nauseates me. Um, but I guess in this in this hypothetical, it's. I thought of it as more of almost in a in a Vulcan way, the where the 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 good of the great, you know, outweighs the, yeah, the good of the few, you know, and um, the maybe the amount of lives that were bettered, even though I've basically destroyed, I would consider my own destroyed in that I, I would not be able to live with myself. Um, I don't know that that's the one that I would find most problematic. Um, I'm just I, I I'm I'm lying others. I'm lying if I said I would do that. I'm just yeah. trying to act like I would help the children. Yeah. I wouldn't do it. Yeah. Okay. Good one. Interesting. Uh once again proving my moral compass not in the right place. <laughs> All right. Uh TJ, I uh, gotta lighten it up a little bit after, <laughs> okay, uh, after that you got one. It. <laughs> uh here's the situation. All right. You must add at least one horse to any sport. Which sport do you choose, and how is or are the horses implemented? That came from our reader, Sam Bowers. (laughs) I loved it. I actually got that one last night. It made me laugh immediately. And um, I I spent five minutes... Uh, at least thinking about basically every sport and where I might and where I might put, put my the immediate reaction is golf, and at least one drive or tee shot has to be made from horseback. Okay, so it's like you're almost like polo, but, yeah. but longer golf clubs. Like a moving, a moving. Yeah, it can't be a stationary. You have to have like you know, um, it, you you start. You know, if you're teeing off where the where kids usually tee off, you have to start from like the pro from the from the pro tees. Yep, and then hit your first shot from horseback. Right. From take that, Happy Gilmore. <laughs> right from one yeah. tee. <laughs> I like it. I like it. So every one of these. Just made me crack up. I was going to say, we're it. given some time to really roll every sport around in your head. Like you can't do it with hockey because no, y- yeah, uh, no horse. basketball, no, no yeah. hockey, just yeah. absolutely terrible. The safety of the horse would be of paramount importance for me. Yeah, I'm thinking of it from a comedy <laughs> perspective. I know you're going to give me the like, you know, you got to bond with this horse, and you're very worried about its safety. I'm just coming at it from like, what would amuse me? But yeah, not hockey, not basketball. I I did think of that. All golf, your linebackers on horseback for for absolutely for, not for running plays. No, no, no. That's <laughs> people are going to get badly, badly hurt. So not football. So I ended up coming up with three all very bad ideas, but they were my three favorite. I and, love I, it. and and that Goffin was close, by the way. <laughs> um, the third, meaning the worst of these, was uh, tennis doubles 
only the net man with the server <laughs> is up on a horse. So he's like really hard to get the ball by, and he's got to control the horse really well and be able to volley from atop the horse. And so, but just that player, so you get that extra advantage. Uh, or maybe because the server has an advantage already, just the uh, if the horse proves to be an advantage, then just the net man for the receiving okay. uh, team in doubles. So that was one. Uh, number two was fourth outfielder gets to ride a horse. Oh, okay. And so you're gonna have some like, uh, uh, what was the naked gun type wow. collisions out there? Yeah, I was gonna say like you definitely have to hear a guy calling you off if oh. he's on horseback. You gotta. Yeah, you better call like good. Oh, and loud. He's calling off the center fielder too. A guy on horse calls off everybody, right? Like, yeah, you yeah. Got, you gotta think so. But I don't know whether. And I was interested whether you would, as a baseball strategist, mm-hmm. whether you'd put the horse like on the warning track. Yeah, I'd patrol the warning him, track, or whether you put him in the shallow outfield. No, I'd I'd send them. I'd I'd have them basically stationed on one side. You know, move them, move them to the pull side of of the outfield. Have them on the warning track. Horse can run on the dirt, and it's also going to be easier to pull. Some, pull some uh, home runs back in from the top of horseback. True. You're going to have that height right at the True, fence. although the jumping is going to be tough. You're not allowed off the horse in my game, by, by the way. Okay. And then it'd be interesting because, you know, the 10th batter uh, is going to be you know, really probably not a great hitter. There's probably not a, people, a lot of people that are a great hitter and also, like, nimble enough on horseback <laughs> to track around. And then, and then my last one, just because it just amused me, and I love soccer as a sport. People might take this as a dig on soccer. It's not. I love soccer. But I just think, like, just let a horse loose on the field. Oh, and he's, sure. He's, okay. just an, he's just an impediment, <laughs> you know, and he might take the ball at some point. You yeah, don't you know may. what he's going to do. He's just you. a chaotic factor that could break up. Because so, sometimes, like soccer, you know, it gets, it gets bogged down mm-hmm. into, like, a, a slower pace while you're trying to break down the back line. Just introduce a horse. Yeah. Who see, knows if he'd be drawn happen. to the action or 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 made fearful by it. Yeah, probably you different horses. And it would be like when you get the when you get the, the ref who does a lot of yellow cards, mm-hmm. you're like, uh oh, we got the horse that really enjoys <laughs> getting involved here. A lot of biting. You know, he's in there, he's like, Yeah, he's biting them in the back of the neck when they're on the wall, you know? And then But it still feels like the horse would would have like have a little more leeway, yellow oh, card wise. Three or you, four, three yeah, or four. You, yellow you don't card cards. the horse. Okay, horse great. does whatever. He okay, wants. great. And then sometimes you get like the Ferdinand the Bull type horse who's uh, just yeah, over there, just like eating. grazing, yeah, just doing his thing. But I would be, I would be intrigued. And then um, it did make me think of uh, uh, of a story, and you'll think this is a fake story, but it's true. <laughs> uh, my mom had a friend, and and she was she had these famous stories where she would just say insane things. And so one time uh, a friend of ours came home from college and he said, hey, I've joined the water polo team. And he oh. talked about it. He talked about it for 10 or 12 minutes, mm-hmm. explaining it all. And this woman's like nodding. And she's like, that's great. Really neat. You know, I got it. I got it. And then she said, I just got one question. How do they get the horses in the pool? Honest to God. Honest to God. Actually asked it. And you may not believe that she did, but she did. And my other favorite story about her is one day she came to my youth soccer game sitting next to my mom, and she just kept being like, Connie, my neck is itching. It's itching. <laughs> and she's like scratching around at the back of her neck, and she just keeps scratching back there. And my mom is like, boy, you what? You know, you know, kind of ignores it a couple times. But after like the fifth or sixth time, she's like, I'll take a look back there. And she had put her jacket on with a coat hanger still in it. So the coat hanger is just digging away at her the whole time. So she was a little sometimes absent. That's Larry King style. Phil Phil Jackson style of wearing your coat. There you go. 
All right. Um, you lightened it up. I'm going to bring it way back down again. Oh, God. Okay, okay here gosh. we go. Here's the situation. Yes. It's the return of your robotic companion. Oh, all right. Yeah. I remember him. Yeah. And uh, and your robot is in one of his contemplative moods as he inches towards becoming more and more human. Okay, great. Um, so he has some questions for you, Rush. And this is from... Um, so we're... I'm sorry, but we're about 80 years in the future. Yeah. And I have a robotic companion. Yeah. Okay. Um. And this is more from the this is from the wines as opposed to the cheats. So, got it. Rush, is there a difference between complaining and whining? And if so, what is it? I think so. I think complaining is when you have uh, a meaningful grievance, or at least something on the border of meaningful uh, that matters to you and may be able to impact others as well. Whereas whining is griping about the small things in life that don't really matter. That's how I think of it. Okay. He says, Brush, do people whine so their desires will be satisfied because they want others to be unsatisfied too or because they just want people to know they're unhappy and get sympathy? Great question from my robotic companion. I would say- a thinker. The guy's a thinker. He really is. I I would say all of them. uh, You may or may not have heard this robot companion, but there's a, a saying called misery loves company, and I think that's true. So when you're... My brother says misery loves miserable company. Okay. Well, that's probably <laughs> that's probably true. I, I'm, I think maybe misery likes listening company. Okay. <laughs> um, because I do think there's part of that, right? You want others to be maybe tell you that they have problems as well, and maybe that makes you feel better. But I think a lot of it is um, uh, cathartic. I, I do a fair amount of whining in my like fantasy sports league, and by a fair amount, I mean an unfair amount, too much. And I think that yeah, fair fair to who, I guess. Yeah. So you could say, why on earth are you even doing that? I usually, t- but it's usually kind of a, v- a way to vent, get some frustrations out. Uh, and I do think sometimes if you hold stuff inside that you're very frustrated with, and I get too competitive and too angry about these like sporting outcomes, that you know just putting out an email or a post on a message board or something that just, it's just straight whining is cathartic in that way. Um, Are you looking for empathy there or just to get it out of your body? No, just to get it out. Okay. I, I'm assuming no empathy <laughs> and, and, and no, no sympathy. I mean, sometimes, yeah, sometimes if it's something really crazy, I may expect to get some empathy, but usually no. I was going to say f- fantasy sports may be the realm where least empathy is offered and and right. can be expected. Yeah. Um, Shut up. Nobody so, cares. So your robot companion now asks you. That wasn't at you, robot companion. Oh, that no, was, I, I was, that was for, <laughs> for someone whining about their fantasy league. Just shut up. Um, Rush, are most people satisfied with their lives or unsatisfied with their lives? Okay. Well, you previously asked me, are most people... Well, you didn't ask me, but I said in response to a question of yours that most people, I think, are happy and optimistic. I might have asked you if people, most people thought they were lucky or right. unlucky. Right, you, you did, yeah. you did, and I, I apologize for getting it wrong, but I had responded by saying, mm-hmm. I truly believe that more people are happy than not, yep. I, I, and more people are optimistic than not, and I hope that's true, and I believe it to be true. I think satisfied would be a little lower percentage, because I think... There's a a certain type of person who is happy to admit 
sorry for the double happy, but happy to admit they're happy or free feels free to admit that they're happy, but feels like they shouldn't say that they're satisfied because that suggests that they're not also trying to improve breed complacency. Of, yes. Yeah. But I think more people than not would still say, yes, I'm overall satisfied with my life. And again, I, I hope I, I sincerely hope that's the case. Um, and finally, your robot companion asks, Rush, are you satisfied with your life? Yeah, absolutely. I think that satisfied is, for me, it's a broader term than um, than the opposite. Like, satisfaction to me doesn't breed complacency. I think of, you know, overall, if I look at the overall picture, are there things I would like to improve? Absolutely. Are there material, super important things I would like to improve? Absolutely. So you could say, well, wait a second, how can you be satisfied? And under like a certain definition of that word, I would agree. But I think in the in the way that it's more often used in that sense, it's more of a way of saying overall on balance, if you kind of had to take it, if you got offered it, you know, 27 years ago when you were 15 and you had no idea kind of where you were going in life, would you, would you accept it vis-a-vis the other, the range, the spectrum of likely outcomes? Sure. Absolutely. And I think I would be doing a disservice to myself, my friends, my family, my coworkers to say that I'm not. Yeah. I hear you. So there you go. I appreciate the comments from the robot friend. Happy to ask them back to you. I think, you know, you, you tell me if you want to do that or not. Um, I, you know what, I'm, I feel like I'm incredibly fortunate. I'm not satisfied. Um, and it's not for, for wanting anything. I just feel personally, I still have a long way to go to be the, the person that I want to be. So, um, like the, the large, so many of the large things are, are in place. I have a marriage that I'm very, very happy in and I've, uh, had uh, a really fortunate career and I have great friends and I love my family, but um, it's more of just like a, a, an individual journey that I, I, I feel like I, I just want to be better and I don't think I'm, I'm there yet. Um, and so that's where my, my dissatisfaction comes with. It's all sure. internal. You know. Yeah, and I, look, I would agree word... Well, I don't have a wife, so I can't agree with everything you just said for me, but I would agree 100% with the sentiment of that, and I think this is just a semantic issue yeah, as to what we what we think of when we think satisfaction. Yeah. And I think it's... Um, you know, it's one of those words, and there are a lot of them, where it would be helpful if we had, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, like, like the Eskimos with all of mm-hmm. the words for snow mm-hmm. uh, for these sort of things, because... Um, you know, the the concept to me that you're talking about, I wish we had a, a clean word for it. Right. But but satisfaction certainly would be fair. Like if you said, Rush, um, you know, if, if it all ended today, did you get everything you wanted? No. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you if I live for 30 more years, I, I sincerely hope I improve, um, especially in the areas of my life that are, you know, where I've had more more flaws than strengths, I think. I think maybe for me, I'm I'm more one of those people where the strengths are higher, you know, and, and the flaws are worse yeah. than the person who's kind of uh, down the middle. But, you know, who knows? And, and I think what neither of us wants to give the impression of or feels is that to say that we're dissatisfied or unsatisfied does not mean that we're ungrateful 
for for where we are and and what we have and who we have around us that even even if you aren't necessarily entirely satisfied it's not that you're ungrateful or unappreciative for all the wonderful things we do have right I guess. right but I, and again i just yeah the the concept you're talking about i just, it's tough for me to assign it to satisfaction That's, your robot companion says rush I will work on more words for satisfaction. Thank you. Yes, good. It's a you know. that's a great job to have your companion on. Oh, yeah, that's great. It. You know, he asks a lot of good questions. <laughs> he ma- he makes a terrific gin and tonic. Uh, he's a pretty good settlers of Catan player. He's a, he's a good robot. Yeah, he's a, he's about as good as you want him to be. You don't want him to be too damn good at it, right? That's right. All right, TJ. Here's the situation. Okay. An eccentric billionaire. Oh, this. Guy, this bastard. Yeah, but he's this Does time. Does he put he's, me in a weird spot? Well, he's always putting you in a weird spot, but Damn. this one's not um, life threatening. Well, not yet. Oh, Jesus. All right, so this eccentric uh, billionaire has you playing a board game. Mm-hmm. Okay. And in this board game, you're one on one with an opponent, and your opponent is better than you. Okay. okay? Uh, but an opportunity arises to cheat. Yep. That will, that you will very 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 likely get away with and it will very likely let you win the game okay okay you you got the situation you're gonna lose unless you take this not this cheat that you won't be caught in and that'll let you win okay so i want to know on a scale of let's call it one to a hundred um how likely are you to take the cheat under the following circumstances. Okay. Okay. 100 is you're definitely going to uh, cheat. Yeah. One is absolutely not. You're not going to do it. Okay. And if you're just all ones, you're all ones. Okay. But uh, the first is uh, the eccentric billionaire has just pitted you against a friend for fun. Oh. One. Okay. Um, he now puts you against a friend for a nominal amount of money called $100. One. Now it's for life-changing money, and he's putting up the prize, say a million dollars. Five. Okay. Now he has forced you to bring all of your money mm-hmm. and put it up against the same amount of money from your opponent. So now it's no longer he's gifting the amount. It's you have all of your life, all of your the money you have in the world on the line. 80? Okay. Nah, uh, no, hold on. I can... I'm going to keep working. I'm going to keep earning a living. Uh, 40. Okay. Now it's for your life. Yeah. The loser will be killed. And it's still a buddy, right? I'm still playing against a friend. Yes. Uh, five. Now... It's your life is on the line, but the opponent's is not. If you win, you survive. Okay. Yeah. I hope so. Um, now it's for your spouse's lives. A hundy. So, so if you win, your spouse survives if your, uh, and your opponent's spouse dies and vice versa. Yeah. Now, th- now this, well, this is going to go against something I said earlier that I would never want Beth to be married to a murderer. Yep. Um, but equal to that, I cannot be responsible for Beth's for Beth's death. Um, so I, I 100%. Okay. And then I'm pretty sure you're going to give this one 100. But um, 
If you win, uh-huh. now the billionaire dies, and oh. if you lose, you die. F this guy. This, this guy's a scourge on our town. <laughs> yeah. This guy is... I think he's interesting, man. He's got interesting. good scenarios. This goes well beyond interesting. He's, he's, he's having people killed in some of these situations. He's yeah. running me in front of grizzly bears and fighting bobcats to the yeah. death. Just for the bobcat population, you know, alone, I would right. one hundy go against this guy. I hear you. I hear you. I like it. Well, good answers. Uh, one one quick question, just a simple follow up. See if you're what your thoughts are on this. You, you, we're familiar with the concept of like white lies, right? Yeah, and you you would agree that like occasionally it's okay to give like a white lie. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. You're helping, not hurting someone's feelings or whatever. I mean, I do my very best not to lie now. So I I, I hear you. I, I'm more likely just to say something about something else entirely than lie right now. Here's here's a story for you that I I heard and I hope it's I hope it's true. Um, Fred Willard, um, who um, uh, was involved with Second City, I think went to see a show. I'm not even going to say what city it was in, but the show did not go well. It didn't go over well. He didn't really care for it. This is at least the story that I heard. <laughs> he walks backstage. The whole cast is back there, and he says, Oh, guys, funny is not the word. <laughs> 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 nice. So, so he really put way, himself out there. A way that you can, you don't even have to white lie in a way. <laughs> yeah. I mean, although, like, n- uh, no one in there would be like, oh, so I guess hilarious is the word that he meant. I just feel like. Well, the way he said it, you'd be like, oh my God, Fred Willard said funny wasn't even the word. Yeah. He is a guy who can, like, sometimes kind of trip up over a line in a way that's funny and interesting. And you, you would, like, give him a break on that. I don't think I could get away with that. I come back and I'm like, guys, funny's wow. not the word. They're yeah, like, like wow. the word is he, you hated yeah. it. That's three words. So yes, but yes, uh, I understand white lies. Yes. Okay. And do you do you think that there is like white cheating when it comes to again not mm. infidelity? I know we're I know we're not going to cross that bridge, but like just just um you, you know and things like whatever exams, board games, I, yeah, whatever. I I think um I'm more likely. I would be more likely to engage in something like that if it was a, um, uh, a, a versus a large corporation versus a large um, bureaucracy. I think it's in part why people, you know, like cheat on their taxes is it's such the government is such a large, you know, wealthy entity that people yeah. feel, you know, you know, less, uh, le- less held by the letter of the law to do that. And, and, you know, and people I think are, you know, uh, maybe greedy by nature, but um, I, I think there's white cheating in in that situation. I, I'm pretty sure I've been to a casino and won a hand at blackjack where they miscounted, oh, yeah. miscounted my cards. That was, and I'm not correcting him on that. Yeah, I'm not correcting. I won four point one million dollars in Macau. <laughs> not going to fix that either. All right, Rush. Here's the situation: you are walking down the street and pass a series of people who are talking. I'm going to give you part of a whine you overheard, and I'd like you to give me your best guess as to what the hell it's in reference to. So you're walking past someone on the street, and they're talking, 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 and you just hear this one little part that they're okay. whining about. Great. And I'd like you to just give me like your best guess as to what, what, what happened. Sounds good. So you walk by someone, and you hear them say, and why were the elephants so old? <laughs> they, they went to uh, a circus performance uh, like probably like Ringling Brothers and and uh, Barnum and Bailey, and they just from top to bottom, it wasn't as good as they remembered it from okay. when they were like seventy years ago, and there was like 
no labor laws or animal protection laws or anything, and they're just frustrated <laughs> okay. uh, with that, and they're not giving one thought to the safety of these animals. All right. Uh, you're walking by someone, and you hear them say, did you hear how many times Josh said, baby? <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> I think I think this is a group of... Uh, I was, well, was going to start by saying this is a group of people who are friends with the the woman... And they are very annoyed by this her her relatively new mm-hmm. boyfriend, but not brand new boyfriend. Mm-hmm. So they can't just be like that guy's a piece of shit. Okay. They instead they're like they've already been kind of building up ammo mm-hmm. that they don't like Josh and don't like Josh. And one of those two guys, the one who just said the baby thing, yeah, has got a crush on this female friend of his. Oh, okay. And it's kind of a long unrequited like scenario there, and he's a little too hard on Josh. Okay, great. Um, last one. Um, you, you're walking by someone, you hear them say, I thought all the underwater stuff was just gratuitous. Okay. <laughs> so this is someone who just did not fucking understand the shape of water. Okay. Just like somebody who got just turned off immediately by the, the, the fact that we were going to have a human um, interact with this fish person and have a sexual relation and all this other stuff that you just have to understand. You got to go with it mm-hmm. when you're at this movie. And this person just, they just put the blocker on yeah. from minute one and did not engage. And you know, they're just, it, it might even sound like they were just really put off by the idea of like sort of interspecies sex and no then just through all the underwater stuff. Ex- exactly. Yeah. And this is the, the, what the pre, the last like couple of minutes have been like, no, but that was I thought that was great. I really liked mm-hmm. that part. And they're searching for ways to uh, attack the film without just saying, "I don't like that they mm-hmm. fucked a fish man." Yeah. And I don't have to like it mm-hmm. and I'm never going to watch yeah. that again and I and I'm upset that you brought me in to make me watch it. But they're kind of they're they're dancing around that coming up with faux reasons not to enjoy it. I remember seeing was it is it Moonrise Moonrise Kingdom? That is a movie. Moonrise Kingdom. And thinking like, God, that's one of the most beautiful love stories I've ever seen. And felt weird about saying it because it was like 11-year-olds. Right. You yeah. know, like, and I didn't want to put that that name on it, like a love story, you know, because it seems to imply like, you know, romance and sex and stuff like that. Yeah. But I think that was one of the most beautiful love stories I've ever seen was that film. That's okay. That's better than like... The, the the person that walks out of like Harry Potter three and is like that girl's gonna be hot. <laughs> and I heard that a few times. <laughs> no, I can tell you. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. All right. I've got some cheat ones, but I feel like we've we've knocked out some good cheating concepts already. All right. So I'm gonna say, uh, here's the situation. Love it. You are made the czar of bad beats. Mm, You are solely allowed to set down the ground rules for when you're allowed to whine about something and when you are not. Okay. So I'm going to come back to you in a bit and I'm going to ask you to give me three situations you think it's interesting where you think whining's okay. Okay. And then... And then three situations... It doesn't have to be three. It could be one, two, whatever. And up to three situations where you think... People often whine, and it's just totally unacceptable. Okay. But while, just to warm up, I'm going to give you a few things that have come in, and you get to decide not only are you allowed to whine about them, but if so, to who, and for how long are you allowed to continue to whine about them. Okay. All right? 
Um, so one person, you know, comes in and, and they say, look, I think I should be allowed to whine about this. This is what happens. They walk in, they present the idea, and then you give a decree. And then in the future, people have to, you know, follow that decree. And this, we've already touched on it, but this person, uh, lost their fantasy football championship by one tenth of a point when their quarterback kneeled down two times on the last two plays <laughs> to lose two <laughs> yards and two tenths of a point, costing them the fantasy football championship. Is that person allowed to whine? Nope. To who? If so, nope. Not, not even- allowed. Not allowed to whine by any about any fantasy any fantasy leagues. Not allowed. Okay. Not even allowed to whine within the league message board. Uh, nope. Let it come from someone else. Okay. Uh, the second, uh, it, a real, a, a, a real gentlewoman or gentle lady is the person who is the person who won that and says that was raw, dude. It's, it should come from your, it should come from the person sure. who won there. Yeah. Now, I, I, if I were the person that won, I would absolutely do that. But mm-hmm. if I was the person that lost, I would bring it up Yeah, probably a couple times a year for the rest of my life. Fantasy sports, fantasy in that, in that league, no whining. Yeah, and I'm no longer allowed to. Uh, Second one is a a lady comes in, and she says, I really think I should be allowed to whine about this czar of bad beats. Okay, come on in. She says, um, last night, uh, or I'm sorry, last weekend, uh, I was flying to a wedding, and my flight got delayed for six hours, Yep. and then the flight was canceled, Yep. and then I had to stay at an airport motel and take a 6 a.m. flight. Only that flight got diverted, and I landed in an airport three hours away and had to drive to get there and, and barely made it to the wedding on time. Am I allowed you to whine about it? that? You made it? I did, after all of that heroic well, effort. Firstly, I wouldn't whine. I, I, would, I, would, I would tell the tale with you as hero. You made it. Um, outside of that, you can whine about that as often and as, as long as you want to. I would say anytime their marriage is brought up, you're allowed to whine about what you had to go through to get there. You have, and if it's not brought up, let's say for the next two years, you can whine about that story. You have a two year limitation or anytime that, that their marriage is brought up in conversation. Whine away. Well learned. Well learned, madam. All right. Um, now another lady walks in and says, I have a coworker who smells terrible. Okay, I'm sorry. Um, and I'm not sure, but I don't think he's even trying to address the smell. Mm. Am I allowed to whine about that? Mm. Yeah, but only amongst those who are closest to you. Until you're certain, and I know you said you're, you're you know, you don't, you, you, there's, there's room for not knowing. On the off chance that this person is just unaware that that they do this, I I'd, I'd be awful careful about who you who you whine about this to. I would keep it close, and I wouldn't whine about it to other people at work. Thank you. Yeah. That's why they call you the czar of bad beats. Well, You've got good I, ideas. Yeah, I don't know. I I don't know about czar. I'm thinking about changing it. To, you know, like just the head of. Are you allowed know. to whine about that title? No, no. Oh, and, okay. and, and and if I came off that way, then please, <laughs> I, I my I apologize. Um, so I was trying to do some some thinking while I was yes. Um, and so the the first ones that came up to me were the the sort of classic sports betting bad beats and so those were the first ones that i thought of i think you are allowed to whine about you taking unders um in games that went to like double overtimes okay. and that you blew the under got blown on a, in a double overtime game or something like that. okay why is that different from losing your fantasy football title because it's fantasy and you just accept those things as going in 
what if the fantasy football had... this is one of the few times i'm gonna say i'm the czar of this no i don't want to have this conversation anymore it's just fantasy so it's fantasy hey i'm sorry okay it's like My complaining apologies. about a dream you had it's fantasy you can't yeah. you can't okay real things real money real sports well, what if you bet a thousand dollars on the fantasy football team? I don't care. It's your fantasy. It's your fantasy football team. Okay. Um, so you were actually out there playing, and that's what that's that's why the under, <laughs> yeah. uh, not hitting. Even though anyone could have understood that overtime would take it over, and you have to p- account mm-hmm. for that. Yep. All right. um, so this one, this one, I don't know if this is is this is whining or not, but um, pet death, you're allowed to whine for a long, long time. You lose a pet, you're allowed to whine as long as you want to until you get it out of your yeah. until you get it out. Wouldn't consider that whining. Well but, but fair enough. If it, it is. Yeah. You, know. you want to be careful that yeah. anyone that thinks that it is knows that they're allowed to do it. Yeah. And then I had like one of those like bombed you know, those bombed three point seventy five seventy five, you know, percent of the uh seventy five you're at the other you're at the other end of the the free throw line. You're talking about somebody shot a, a full court. They're near already a three up. quarter court it's a shot. Dude, you know he's just oh, he's right. just yeah. getting a, a number in the stat, even if it's you know yeah. like attempt one attempt and hits that in a game that's already decided. Yep. But it switches. It, it you know it 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 blows the uh, blows the spread. Got it. Now this guy walks in. <laughs> you made me think of this guy. He walks in. And he says, uh, "Czar, yeah, uh, I am an insurance actuary. Would you call me just head and see how I feel about that? Uh, head of bad beats. Mm, nah, go ahead with Czar. Yeah, for now. Uh, Czar of bad beats. Uh, I'm an actuary at an insurance company. Okay, and I am in charge of deciding how much we have to insure for uh, these." three-quarter court shot mm-hmm. uh, things that we set up at NBA and college games all the time. Oh, yeah. Uh, this year, uh, historically, people shoot 3.4% from that far away. Okay. Uh, this year, we did 100 contests, and 31 of them made it. Wow. Uh, cost, from three-quarters court? Yeah, from three-quarters court. 31? Uh, costing me um, a promotion and getting me in some serious uh, hot water. People be practicing. Yeah, I, it was just a total fluke. Let's say 31's absurd. Let's say this year, so we assume 3.4 will be hit. Yeah. This year, 11, 13, 13 got hit. Okay. Am I allowed to whine about that? Hmm. You're an actuary? From I'm the, the actuary that, that came up with all this. I'm a pretty high up guy at the insurance company. Um. No, you're not allowed to whine about it. You just got to take, you got to take the abuse. You got to admit to, you know, just having... Having your numbers wrong, fluky year. I think you can explain that it was a fluky year without whining about it. Yeah, I lost that promotion. Yeah. But hey, I tell you what, I'll, I'll accept it. Thanks, Sar. Yeah, you're welcome. Man, I hope I did that question justice because that was a great, that was a great situation, Rush. That I like. Really, I would love to be the czar. That was really beats. great. Pretty interesting. I, I wish I had more time to think about it because I, I think I could have come up with better. But yeah, this is this goes hey, as we it have goes, like a couple you know? seconds. I know. To think of these uh, we tried to explain uh, our friend Arnie that one time. You know, he writes us emails about how we got questions wrong. And if I can go back and say the NFL question that you asked, that was in what? Um, uh, I forget what. Beers and bears. Beers and bears. For sure, Titan. Yeah, for I didn't, sure. I didn't think of Titan either. I didn't either. We both should have had for Titan sure. But you know, our friend John Glenn writes us, right? It was John, yeah. right? John did Glenn. I say Arnie? You did. I did. It was John Glenn. John Glenn writes us, um, and you know, he doesn't understand the white hot uh, pressure that we're operating <laughs> under. It's incredible. We're in the basement right now of my house, and you've cut the air conditioner off without a doubt. The refrigerator's not I even. Have on. to turn the refrigerator off because it makes a humming noise. I'm sweating. I'm in here in like a light shirt. Unbelievable. 
Yeah. And and it's you a, it's high pressure. We have pistols pointed at each other this right. whole time, you know, because because there are right and wrong answers. Yeah, we got know? my get my dad, my high school basketball coach, and, and both of them are and, getting one if if you get any of these wrong. Yeah, it's uh, this is rough. Uh, no, but we do enjoy. We should say <laughs> just to be very clear, even though it's probably obvious, we really do enjoy when people send us the answers that they've thought of for uh, the hypotheticals we put on the show. And uh, it's fun to kind of have debates and conversations about yeah. those. So uh, we enjoyed the John Rodas and, and so forth. I will say this, um, just so it's out on the air at least once. If you want a scenario, situation, I should say, to be read on the show, don't send it to TJ and I. Because one of the conceits is yeah. uh, we don't ask each other ones that we've both already seen. So if you send it to both of us, we're going to say, oh, that's a good situation, but now we're not going to use it because we, we and like the And that's if it surprise. goes to like Twitter or something, yeah, right? Because that's like TJ and Rush, I think, is the Twitter. Right, if you do yeah. it on the Twitter or you send you know, both of us a message or both of us. We should have one time mentioned that we have a Twitter account. Yeah. That's at TJ and Rush. Yeah, please follow us on there. And there's an Instagram, too, that I think here's the situation. I don't have an Instagram. So, um, so here's, uh, here's, uh, here's one for you, Rush. Great. And this is from, um, from the email account from our friend Adel Rafai. Great. Um, Adel, who is one of the stars of Hello from the Magic Tavern and also Hey Riddle Riddle, two great podcasts if you get a chance. And um, this is what I, I might have modified it just a little bit. I probably made it worse in the modification, but here's the situation. You're magically whisked back to a village of 500 people in the 1400s. You can select three words that everyone will know, but all other verbal communication will be forgotten. In time, maybe other communication will be possible. But to get the village off to a successful start, what three words would you choose that everybody knows? Wow. Okay, so rather than make you kind of sit here while I think yeah. through, I'm going to do like a, the consulting interview style response where I talk about how I'm going to think about the answer because yeah. I can't just... And I can also tell you, because I tried to come up, I thought about it and only came up with two. Yeah. And, um, I, and I definitely don't want to hear those yet, just great. to be clear, because I want to I want to work through this. So the first thing that comes to mind, this is the 1400s, right, is like fire. Mm -hmm. OK. And other necessities. However, like something like fire is easy enough to pantomime mm -hmm. and communicate. Uh, same with like wheel. Yep. Um, same with fence um, yep. and things like that. You're so, going through almost the exact same process. I think I went through right. as well. So then my next thought is, okay, it's the 1400s. First of all, damn it. Get me out of here. Mm -hmm. Not happy to be in the 1400s. Rush Howell does not translate well uh, to the 15th century. And I think to be fair, to Adel's, to Adel's situation, I think it said time didn't matter, but I did want to take us out of a time with technology and, you know, in other ways kind of around this. Yeah, yeah. Know, like, well, that was interesting because it, it definitely went through my head that I would want like maybe computer or some other things if it was... You know, I, I need, but anyway, I, I like it. We're in the 1400s. So then the next thing I start to think about is, you know, safety. Yep. Okay. And um, there's a famous quote by a guy named Jan Tyriak, who was Boris Becker's coach. And he's, uh, he's like, a, I think a billionaire from Romania and Simona Halep just won a tournament. And he was there for that, but he, he was like a, a personality back in the eighties in tennis. And he, he was uh, reputed to know hundreds of languages or at least dozens, right? Something apocryphal and hyperbolic. And they said to him one time in an interview, they said, you know, how many languages do you speak, Jan? And he's like, oh, I, 
I only speak like two or three languages fluently, but I know how to say I am innocent in all of them. (laughs) And so some of the words, so that story I've never forgotten. And it was just like a throwaway story from Mary Carrillo and it it never left my mind. So a few of the things I was thinking are like enemy, friend, Uh innocent, um, peace, uh, things like that where maybe I can just, I want to make sure that I am conveying my intentions in something that could otherwise be an awkward scenario yep. where they're not reading and I'm not really capable of uh, of, of expressing. Um, so maybe I would have a word or two from that. And then, and then like emotions could be an important thing that I want to be able to convey as well. Mm-hmm. Like love or um, again, like, like thirst or hunger pretty easy i think for to me convey. to convey all yeah. of that so it would be more complex um more complex concepts one is you know satisfaction is really a, <laughs> no, um yeah. i i went through pretty much the exact same process as as you did that it had to be um an abstract thing that i was trying to express because like i thought about like yeah hunger or water or whatever i could come up with some hand signal and i also considered us as the 500 kind of sort of in the same boat so um i i at least in the way I imagined it, I wasn't too worried about conveying to each other that we were friend because I thought maybe we'd all just like assume like, hey, we're all here together. Yeah. Um. So love was one of them, and okay. and at, and also in adults, it was initially ten words, but I I was having a hard enough time coming up with three that uh, that I don't know if ten would make it easier or or harder. Um. But love, I also thought like if I only have so many words, it would be a good sign. For my little civilization here that I'm that I'm a part of to have one of our words be love, you know, like that, yeah. that that's just a good sign for our little for our little society. Right. One of the other ones that was like an abstract concept that I thought would be impor- important for us to convey is danger. Oh, that, that's I'm sorry. I <laughs> probably popped your. <laughs> no, I, just I, scared just the be- living. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm sorry because that was I, I I was about to say. Yeah. The only word that I know I'm going to use is danger. Yeah. So anyway, and now it could be outside in whatever form yep. uh, an animal, uh, an, an enemy or weather or whatever, yeah. that that would be a really useful. <laughs> that was funny because <laughs> you surprised me because I was just sitting there, you know, I was listening, but I was thinking I'm going to say danger because that's my one word for sure. And then you surprised me and I loudly and I, I probably hurt the audience's ears as well. I apologize. Um, and I still, like I said, after having thought about it i'm still having a hard time with whatever that third whatever that third word would be yeah that seems I, as useful as i'm gonna put two. innocent danger <laughs> love i gotta think though i'm not entirely sure i mean i like your the spirit behind why you say love i'm not i'm not sure that i can't pantomime love effectively either i think i maybe i could um but yeah, I mean, those were the ones that came yeah. to mind. I, I, that's a fun and question. I, and I also figured, like, if I do have, I don't want all of the the words I have access to be like danger, foe, you know, death. Right. You know that that to have some balance of you, you don't know. until you do. You don't until you do because I tell you, you really want. I mean, look, it depends kind of where we are. If we're in like Transylvania, uh-huh. you know, I want vampire. Uh, if we're like or wolf, you know, something like that. Uh, so it kind of depends on on the area we are. But uh, I like that. I will continue. That's one that that's one of those like thinkers. Yeah, that'll sit with me uh, for a while. Thanks, Adel. That yeah, was a good one. Thank you, Adel. That was a great one. All right, so we go back to where Let's we started. Do it. Okay, so uh, here's the situation. 
the American Film Institute has put you on a panel, and you have to. Uh, the panel ultimately has to pick the most and least likable villains in film history. And I'm going to, I'll have you go through them and then I'll talk a little bit about why I think it's kind of an interesting question and, and ties to uh, this week's theme. Okay. But uh, you can give me as many or as few as you want in terms of nominations for most enjoyable, likable villains and, uh, and the ones that you just, you, instead you love to absolutely hate. Okay. My, I think my all time favorite movie villain. And so, you know, and I, that I, I'm going to equate that with likable now because I think he's the most understandable to me is Rutger Hauer in Blade Runner. Okay. I, I, I get exactly where he is coming from. And I think that is a, uh, an amazing thing they pulled off to have such an entirely sympathetic character, especially in, in, uh, at the close of that movie and still have him come off as a villain. Um, I, I don't see a ton of movies now, so a lot of my, a lot of my stuff is locked in, in time. Sure. Um, one of my, I loved Clubber Lang as a villain. Yeah. That was a a, such a, (laughs) like, cartoonishly brutal character that I, that I thought Clubber Lang. And introducing Mr. T as well. Which, Um, thank goodness. Any list of villains best, um, and it was, was it? best and worst or it was the ones you kind of you, you kind of i i called it most likable and okay. least likable but but it it's all best villains yeah but it's the ones you kind of like you, you have a little bit of a i'm almost like cheering for him a yeah. little bit and then you have the ones that you're like oh my god i hate that person so much it's incredible and i have to talk about how much i hate him there's no list there's no list of villains that are like great and in their way understandable um there's no list that can't have darth vader on yeah it. of course yeah um so uh why don't you hit me with a couple and as i know there's there's someone in my mind that i'm thinking of that i can't grab right now that is like i hate this person i hate this person so much i think i hate the actor who's playing this person um and and i and I, yeah and i can't stand it right so for me some some on the end of that that I really I you know even though they do terrible things I can't help but kind of cheer for them. I really loved Hans Gruber. Oh I loved sure, Alan Rickman yep. in Die Hard. I just thought that was a wonderful villain. Yeah, uh, three dimensional, but also like ultimately just a greedy you know dude, but yep. like interesting. Uh, I hated, uh, and it, this is not a movie, but but uh, like Joffrey in the Game of Thrones. I don't know if you've seen. Okay, yes, I have. But yep. I, I and reading the books and watching it. Uh, just couldn't like despise that kid any more than Along I did. Along the lines of a Draco Malfoy. Yeah, but so much, yeah. so much worse. And there's no redemption arc like they're, yeah. you know, kind of well, half is for Draco, especially if you read the Cursed Child uh, that comes out <laughs> later, uh, not by J.K. Rowling, but um, you know, I think like Nurse Ratchet was one. Mm-hmm. Just absolutely yeah. hated her. Um, not sure it's like a total fair to call the villain. But uh, one thing that made me think about this question, in fact, the thing that made me think about this question was the movie Rounders. Because in okay. Rounders, Malkovich? the bad guy is Malkovich, yeah. but even though he's this existential threat for Matt Damon, you know, that he's going to end his life, um, he's kind of enjoyable in a way. And then Ed Norton is like his buddy, and I hate Ed Norton so much in that movie. He he, dri- he drives me bananas, and all I want is like, please stop affiliating yourself with this piece of shit, you know, uh, Mikey Mikey McD. Like, stop hanging out with Worm. All right. Um, 
So so anyway, that that's what made me kind of think about it. And what made me think that it would be interesting for this theme was I kind of thought are like the whining and cheating bad guys. Uh-huh. Are right. they the ones that we, we, we like less? Right. Or the ones that don't show any humanity because Ratchet doesn't really fit into that. But I feel like I feel like some of the bad guys that just have no substance, you know, nothing good about them are like, you know, Billy Zane and Titanic. Yeah. He's just a piece of shit. And and he's like, you know, obviously at no fidelity and just selfish, but also like they just keep showing him cheating yeah. and whining and then cheating on Kate Winslet. And it's like if you if you take those, those are terrible qualities and I wonder if they don't make like for the least likable people on film. That's that was my thesis. Here's here's other villains I really have nothing against. And one I don't know if if the shark in Jaws could be called a villain. Oh, I hate the shark in Jaws. I'm fine with him. That's just a, that's just an animal doing what an animal yeah, do. The sharks aren't animals. Um, I developed sympathy for Predator, uh, like about halfway through when everyone was trying to kill him, and he's yeah, just, he's just kind of a cool thing. Yeah, he's just trying to do he's just trying to do his thing. And here's he's in this movie he's not the the villain. He is villainous, but he's a henchman. I got nothing against Odd Job. Okay, I think Odd Job's up. No, he's just, a yeah, like he's doing what he's told to do. I'm trying to think of some bad guys who, uh, who do the thing. I mean, where they they double cross everybody in a really unfair way, mm-hmm. which I think of as cheating. Like in my job, um, what I do is like I'm a trial lawyer, and so a lot of what we do is is you know, actually trying cases and trying to get to the, to the right answer. But a lot of what we do too is negotiation. And there's one thing that drives me crazy is when people retrade you, right? Uh-huh. You, you have a deal, you've agreed on a deal. And then they're like, Oh, right. But we also just have to add this. Mm-hmm. I'm like, no, 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 we, we're done. Don't retrade me. And to me that I call that cheating. It feels like cheating when somebody does that. And, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about like, there's some great villains and they're just not coming to mind right now for me who, who do that sort of thing. Um, like I keep coming back to uh, ready player one, which was, I love that book and the movie was pretty mediocre. Yeah. And the villain is like not even that memorable. It's Ben Mendelsohn, but he, he kind of does that multiple times yeah. where, you know, you just can't trust the guy. He's a cheater. Yeah. And I think like, and, and this, this one, we're going to hear from John Glenn on this and he's going to have a list of 15 uh, yeah, right answers sure. and he's going to be right. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't mean that sarcastically. I said it sarcastically, but he's just, he's going to be right. Like he was right with Titans um, that I think, and, and this is oddly enough when I asked you the difference between complaining and whining, right. part of the difference in my head was literally tone of voice in it Yeah, that you could say like, that wasn't a very good time or that wasn't a very good time, and I think, apropos of this, that some of the um, some of the villains we're missing are the ones that are are like just even awful to listen to, mm-hmm. you know. And there's got to be there's got to be someone we're missing that that is like a no, you can't, you know, <laughs> yeah. like that kind of thing. Although I do plenty of whining in my normal voice, I, I think like <laughs> uh, the Joker's got a, a kind of a, a tough voice to listen to. Heath Ledger's Joker, but it. And he's obviously that dude is awesome. horrible, 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 awesome uh, thing. But what a great villain! Oh, and you can't tremendous. You can't. And you no, don't want him to die. No, and I had like, no opinion on Heath Ledger before that. I think I might have seen him in like for some Arthurian thing, and had very little opinion of him. Yeah, boy, was he tremendous to watch in that. Yeah, that was. That and I'll was tell you, they create wonderful. They create better villains in TV than in movies, and I don't think it's like. I don't think that's a coincidence. I think that if you get time, like Longer, a lot of yeah. time, 
you can really create a great villain and then it's hard not to screw it up. Yeah. Um, and, and I, I, one of the things that drives me crazy about some TV shows is when you have the villain and then you can tell that the villain is making the TV show too much money so they can't just end it where they should end it. And then like the villain, you start to wonder, is the villain a good guy? And you're like, I, I, one of the, the twists I hate the most is a villain who's done just horrible thing after horrible thing after horrible thing. And then they're like, wait a second, were they undercover? And they're right. maybe a good guy. And you're like, no, no, I watched them like murder, like, you know, 30 people. Uh, so that drives me crazy. But anyway, I, I look, I, I thought you had a, a good list of, I mean, I love any list that doesn't have Clever Lang and Darth Vader is, <laughs> is an incomplete uh, villain list. Drago was a, uh, uh, at that time, at that day yeah. and time. Because again, he's a cheater. Yeah. You know, he's taking the steroids. Yeah, he is. And he's doing all these things he shouldn't do. Lance Armstrong. Oh, God, what a villain. What an absolute <laughs> villain. <laughs> well, we'll end, we'll end the show on an evil note. Uh, we have some thanks to uh, Nate DeFort who produces for us Julie Nichols who did the music Emily Cardamus did the artwork if you want to get in touch with us it's at here's the podcast no here's the situation podcast at gmail.com we have a Twitter thing that's TJ and Rush um, and Instagram there's something out there called here's the situation on there Um, so feel free if you want to uh, write or get a hold of us but if you want to send us a situation do that on the gmail account Um, that way only one of us will see it anything i'm forgetting buddy uh no if you're an eccentric billionaire stay out of town (laughs) otherwise thank you for listening talk to you next time